0: You're listening to Kids in Berlin, Surviving as Expat Parents. Yes. 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 And I'm Lindsay. And I'm Michelle. And I'm from the US, the Midwest, a suburb of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I was raised in a a middle class, heteronormative, uh, reformed Jewish family. Right, so
1: I grew up also in the U.S., in western New York, in a conservative Christian Republican family, although the community itself had pretty liberal schools, and so my parents got a bunch of liberal daughters that they don't know what to do with, uh, but are still <laughs> oh, proud of. <laughs> um, I also have a brother who is a police detective, specializes Whoa. in domestic oh, violence. Oh, I did know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did know that.
1: Uh, who is also a conservative Republican. Okay. Anyway, so
0: we... We are uh, we're, we're, repre- we're represented. Yeah, we want to start off our podcast with a safe topic <laughs> one one that isn't yeah, one that doesn't get too controversial, right?
1: And we want to say that we know that there's no one right way yeah. of raising a kid, and we know there are a lot of different perspectives. We want to say we don't own this experience, but
0: we want to put a toe in the water here. Hey, we we want to be recording our conversations because we have these conversations anyway. <laughs>
1: Yes, we do. And I um, think we're different people. Like, yeah. I will say I'm about 10 years older than Lindsay. I'm, is that
0: really true, though? It is true. Okay. I'm a
1: workaholic. I'm thirty.
0: I'm, a, I'm 39.
1: Okay, maybe not 10 years. See, there you okay, go. Okay, right. But I'm older. <laughs> I have more gray hair. Um, and, and, but it's beautiful silver. I'm a silver fox. I'm a workaholic. I value convenience above all things most of the time. Whereas I feel like Lindsay... It's is yeah. different. It comes
0: at things different. You know, you sacrifice so much. Everything you do, it's looking at how can I make my child's life better. Whereas um, I'm just constantly looking at how can I do the minimum <laughs> to make sure that I still have my hobbies, so, but, have, but have children that are still well-adjusted and connected. It's, it's a different approach. It's a
1: different approach. And, and also I have a very high-demand job. Yeah. I work shifts. I yeah, yeah. I work in a newsroom so where I might not have as much personal time because I chose a career that I was super passionate about and didn't really research well. As okay. we talk about, I usually go from the gut where yeah. maybe Lindsay <laughs> might have said, Should I be a journalist?
0: No, but I think I did say should I be a journalist. I really <laughs> did. And and I did look at why that didn't seem like a good idea yeah when I decided Hi. to do it I
1: just said you know it's I'm gonna be like Indiana Jones in That's the last awesome. movie where you just like have to close your eyes and jump and hope there's a bridge and it's worked out well yeah. um but you know there's definitely positive
0: minuses to it yeah. but one thing I, I have been hyping up this podcast to a lot of people that I know but there's one common comment which is be careful because Germany is a big place and Even within Berlin there are lots of different norms. I know that. I will be generalizing. Yes.
1: But you know, we're putting ourselves out there in the public sphere and as part of the conversation it's expected that people may disagree with us or again have different perspectives, but you know, that's what this is about is getting that conversation started. Yeah, totally. So we We welcome
0: I like disagreeing. I think it's fun. What is our non-controversial topic? (laughs) It is should I send my kid to daycare? (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, there is an expected response an, to that question, and, and there is there is a very it's it's a very stark difference between what it's like in the U.S. and what it's like in Germany, and and nobody's going to say, oh yeah, it's the same system. I think it's objectively different than the U.S. Michelle, what is daycare in Germany? In Germany, it is called Kita, right?
1: And you're going to hear this term Kita a lot throughout. Yeah, Kindertagesrichtung. It means daycare. Yeah. And it is provided by the state, and in the city of Berlin, it is an entitlement. You as parents are entitled to a place in a daycare that accepts what's called a Kita Gutschein, which is a voucher that pays your child's place in yeah so that
0: means that when you live in berlin you don't have the question at all of how am i going to afford this that question is completely off the table or is it
1: should i should i not work because if i work all that money is going to go to pay for daycare no i switched kitas midway through Ah, our experience ended up going to a private kita where i paid a lot on top of what the state pays but we'll get back (gasps) into that later um i had newly arrived in the country i wanted to get to work and I've mm. it turns out that I've become a single mother and so really there and, the, and that split happened while my son was in Quito so you know there was no question like I had to put my son yeah, in Quito yeah. there was no choice but let's talk about your experience because you've been here longer than me and it wasn't necessarily um yeah, I mean, tell it was me more about that experience.
0: It was weird because when I when I first came here, I didn't have any kids when I first arrived in Berlin. I mean, so that's also some information. I've been here for like 14 or 15 years now, that's right. and I've had kids I for nine. Want to say that uh, Lindsay is a Berlin teenager,
1: and I'm still oh, yeah. <laughs> a Berlin grade schooler in terms of life experience here. So go ahead. Okay. That is true,
0: yes. I'm a teenager now. And when I first came here, I thought, if I have kids, then I, I want to have the American experience of working up until my contractions and and going to work again right away. And that's actually what I even told my employer. But then uh, six weeks before your due date, you actually, if you have a work contract, then you get paid whether you show up at work or whether you take Mutterschutz, which is the six weeks before your due date where you have time to prepare your home, your body for a baby.
1: Yeah, so that's some amazing state support here. So what was the cultural difference you felt that you came up smack against that kind of opposed your instinct about what age I should put my kid in Kita.
0: Yeah, it was it wasn't only the cultural aspect, it was also the baby that I ended up having that was very clingy and that it wasn't the kind of baby that you could just hand off to other people. And so that made it difficult. The the cultural expectation that I felt is that you should really put your kid into kita when they're around a year old, that they really need the socialization from other kids. I think you know when you put your kid into kita, this is in the U.S. You just drop them off. You know you have your sign-up day, and from the very first day that you bring them to kita, you just put them in kita. Uh, okay. But we had the angurunung site, which, which means is- the time that
1: you come and spend a little time there. And it's a process. It's a process. And and as the days go on, you spend less and less time there until eventually it's just like like the first hug and kiss goodbye.
0: The first day mm-hmm. that you bring your kid to KEDA, you don't actually leave it. You slowly build up to you leave your kid for five minutes, you leave your kid for 10 minutes, you leave your kid for an hour, you let your kid have lunch there, then you leave your kid through nap time there. And once the nap time has been reached and your kid has slept there, it's this proud moment <laughs> of, wow, I made it, and now I can go. And you have to do this. I pushed off this first year of keto experience. I thought, no, this is too, this is too soon for us. I'll wait till he's two. And I got a lot of feedback from people like, okay, your kid is still at home. What is going on? Why is this? But, and he started keto when he was two and a half. And really up until he was um, five years old, which which is early for starting first grade, he started when he was five. Usually kids stay in keto till they're six and sometimes even seven. Mm -hmm. He, He spent a lot of days crying about not wanting to go there right so
1: I had a different experience yeah. where yeah, we he moved was... here when my son was just turning two and we found a Kita a couple months after we moved here and uh, I put him in it was in our neighborhood yeah and this Einwohnungs period he just thought the playground and everything was great oh. and it really only took us like three days and then wow, they were okay. like okay great but that's not to say the whole experience in that kita was a smooth ride. There was okay. definitely a rocky road down the path yeah. that that ended up making me decide that I wanted to switch our kita.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because let's let's talk about briefly what does a kita day look like for kids? Like what happens in kita. Right. Well, um, Kitas are open different hours.
1: Generally, they're open at least seven hours to nine hours, depending on like a parent's yeah, Like You bring your, your child in. There's a cloakroom where you take off yeah, all their clothes. You put on no, their... No, no, no.
0: They, they, but we got yelled at if, if we helped our kids too much. See, that was probably we're my not ignorance. yelled at, but scolded. <laughs> that was probably my ignorance is bliss period okay. where I didn't
1: speak enough German to understand <laughs> what's going on. So I'm sure I did so many things wrong. So they were just like,
0: oh, the American will just let her help her child. Too much. That's right.
1: That's right. But um, every kid gets their indoor shoes, and so yeah, they change right. out. Of, it's like a Mr. Rogers thing. they then yeah. they and then they go and they have like a playtime in the morning. They okay. have a morning circle. They might go outside uh-huh. and play, and then do a craft together. And then comes lunchtime. Lindsay, tell us about lunchtime.
0: Lunchtime is so cute. Um, I ended up seeing it a couple times because, you know, from picking up the kids early. It's so funny. They have these tiny little tables and tiny little chairs and the kids, the kids sit down at their tables and wait for their food to be, to be brought to them. And they get these little plates and they get forks and knives and spoons. And in Arkita, they had, they had plastic cups, but I have heard of a lot that, that specifically use glasses because they want to teach the kids to be careful. The kids sit there and they make little tiny child conversation with each other and jokes. I don't know what they talk about. It's, it's I, so cute. It's like a little kitty banquet. And they also, in yeah. and, and Arquita,
1: they had real live candles. You know, oh, it felt like a yeah. little kid, you know, elegant little feast. And um, and
0: it, there's like very little adult supervision for a room full of 26 children with knives and candles. Right, right. But, <laughs> but it, it works. works.
1: <laughs> and nothing's
0: burned down. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's super funny. But I
1: I like that aspect of we're going to teach kids how to be safe around things that that might not be safe it's just a good life skill to have and they have the kids clear
0: all their plates and pick everything up and wait for each other to be finished like sit Mm -hmm. and sit at the table so everybody's done and then they clean yeah they clear all their places away they scrape their plates off into the compost bin (laughs) and then they're back (laughs) they're back to push their chair into the table (laughs) It's, it's really cute. It's really cute. Um,
1: then they'll have, after lunch, usually nap time. And they like listening to mm. audiobooks. And then they'll get up and probably have another play period or a little craft thing. And then they'll go outside and
0: play. Yeah. And we were really lucky with Arkita, which, by the way, was called Fleabox. Fleas are just not cute in the US culture. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I love <laughs> oh, I yeah? love my little fleas. You love your little fleas, yeah. <laughs> little fleas. Yeah, they they went to flea box My
1: son went to dwarf house. Yeah, okay. so, <laughs> so. they're not maybe the most. Uh, well, no,
0: they just have a yeah. It's a different idea of what is cute and. I, I think these were also about named back
1: wonders. in like the '70s in East Germany, because our neighborhood yeah, that's used true. to be in East Germany. Yeah, that's
0: true. And and the Kita that we're in also it mm-hmm. does go back to East yeah. Germany. It's not new. I will say yeah. our
1: Kita had a sauna
0: in it, no! and the kids would do
1: sauna, <gasps> which is a very East German cultural thing. That is
0: amazing. Yeah. Our Kita did not have a sauna. Yeah,
1: they they didn't do it a lot. Because it's a big project, getting all the kids undressed and in their swimsuits and you know being in the warm. I think the
0: bigger project is getting the kids dressed again i yeah. think kids are very fast to get their But that's off just the air. a very
1: East German cultural thing <laughs> That's and so funny since i moved here i have learned to love the sauna that's another topic and there there's a lot of evaluation of your child a lot of the teachers are trained to see how your child is doing in terms of their motor skills in terms yeah. of their psychological and social um advancement to catch things early on, I would say, right?
0: Yeah, which which is so, sometimes was a little controversial, too. I know that I had conversations with parents where they were very unhappy with things that they heard from the teachers, because I remember they told me about my, my younger one, Edgar, when he was maybe three. They said he needed to go to the doctor because he was walking up the stairs incorrectly, and I thought... Ah, come on let him just walk up the stairs but apparently it's a thing where you know they shouldn't be putting both feet on the same stair at some point like at some point they need to mm. do the wechselschritt they said where it's only only one foot touches each stair and you need to do that right. one after another and i i mean sometimes i i felt like it was a little bit too nitpicky well, what what the impression i had yeah. at arkita which was a
1: big Kita too. It had probably about 300 kids in there. Was that uniformity was valued? If your kid yeah. fit what worked in dwarf house, then they <laughs> were a great. I know <laughs> they were great. But if your kid was a little bit different yeah, that's and, true. and not totally hitting all the uniformity that is desirable, then it, it it was a bumpy ride. And I remember them saying, "Oh, your son is running weird." And when I brought him to the doctor. Mm-hmm. The doctor's like, "He's totally fine." Uh-huh. Um but I felt like there is an ethos there that the kids are encouraged to be independent and manage themselves independently, which is great. Yeah. But in our case, because my son did not speak any German, we came mm. here fresh yeah. without any German in our family. Putting him in this environment where he was trying to navigate social relationships, didn't have the language, was difficult for him. Yeah, uh, And it was maybe the certain class makeup Also, for myself, it was difficult because I didn't feel like I really identified with any of the parents. It was also very busy, you know, I had to get to work, Yeah, I couldn't do friendly chit chat that easily, so I felt isolated too. There was one family, he had one really good friend, they're also um, expats. Uh, from a different country than me, our kids got along okay. Mm-hmm. And and we had some play dates and that was good, but it wasn't like I found my community or my son found his community. Yeah, that was, so was our tough. experience.
0: Something to kita structure that's interesting is you can choose if if you send your kid to a that has mixed age groups or that has groups where the kids are all the same age. And the more common thing in Berlin is to have your kid in a group where it's where it's mixed ages. So two year olds through through the time they start first grade, so through six or seven, will all be in a group together. And they say that the, the pedagogical benefit of that is that the kids are helping each other and they're learning from each other. And it is like a family structure then that they learn to grow up in theoretically it's it sounds amazing like you know you picture the seven-year-olds are helping the two-year-olds tie their shoes and the two-year-olds are learning faster how to cut their food because they see it from you know their big brothers and sisters that are there but what happened in our case is the six and seven-year-olds are kind of ignored because they're pretty self-sufficient because that's what you were just Mm -hmm. saying Michelle that's very valued and they push them towards self-sufficiency pretty quickly so the six and seven-year-olds are in the garden and outside and doing their own thing while the teachers are very 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 busy with changing diapers yeah
1: I, I mean I have to say anybody who makes a career taking care of kids I I, I worship you like it is a tough job yeah, because and there are so many too, too many few demands. people that
0: they put in yeah. It's it's also here I mean the the amount of adults per there because of sicknesses or whatever you would have 26 kids with one or two adults, and that's crazy.
1: Yeah, and, and it might be a substitute adult who the kids don't know because they have to get somebody in from a different class or from the administration. Mm-hmm. Sickness does uh, yeah. thin out the teacher population. And, you know, it, it is just, for me, coming from America, you know, it felt like a different ethos. When I talk about your kid's supposed to be independent, what does that look like? Yeah. It looks like you show up to pick up your kid at the end of the day, and you can see they're in a fight with other kids and they're crying they're red in the face and the teachers are just standing off drinking coffee somewhere who but they are watching what's happening they're not intervening or that you arrive and your kid is sitting alone crying on a bench other times let me be fair other times i did come and i saw the teachers comforting my child um and other times i came and my my child was playing happily yeah um you know but Overall, over time, it became more of those. I don't want to go to Kita mornings. I'm sad. I don't like it there. And for me, as a working parent with long hours, I just, my heart was breaking. Yeah. I could see I had put a different kid into the Kita than I was getting out of it. That's and I really just hard. felt like it wasn't a good fit. And that's why I decided to change for my son
0: to a bilingual Kita. Right. And that's something in the U.S. I think that adult interaction with kids is valued more than kids interacting with each other.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I remember my growing up where my mom, my memories of her... Was she was on the phone all the time? Oh, really? Okay. And but my friend lived in one house down from me. We lived in kind of the Hollywood dream of suburban America, where there's houses next to each other, right, with the lawn and the trees, and all the kids are running around. We go to the mall on the weekend. We play soccer. It was that kind of place where I felt safe enough to be very self-directed with my friends Hmm. and my mom had a totally different you know uh life whereas we're in a city where the culture here in my experience is you have to do play dates if you want your kid to play with somebody if you don't have your kid in Kita and you come here during the day and you want your kid to have a play date or yeah, a play group, it's not you gonna won't happen. find it.
0: No, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, because because it's covered. Like that need for, for child entertainment during working hours is covered with kita And and that was also when when Nat, the my older son, when he was two, and I would have him around with me, people would say to him, "Ah, is Kita closed today?" And when I said, "Oh no, he's not in Kita yet," they, "Okay, uh huh," and why and what you know what's going on? Mm-hmm. It was always it was always a confused kind of. Reaction. And I know I've, I've heard from people who don't live in Berlin, from Germans who don't live in Berlin, that that's not a German wide experience, that mm-hmm. it is very specific to Berlin, that people want to put their kids in Kita as soon as possible, mm-hmm. and that the expectation is there, but it was definitely an expectation I felt. There are other systems here too. There's the Tagesmutter. Yes.
1: A Tagesmutter is a, a man or a woman who has a smaller group of children who come to their up- yeah, It's home. like a,
0: it's like nanny sharing. And I think that's also a funny cultural difference because we would never in in the US call a caregiver the day mother of our children, you know? <laughs> like mother is such a sacred word and I know that here we're just telling, you know, strangers that are getting government money to watch our children during the day. Right. Are the moms, the right. day moms. Right. <laughs> But
1: but overall, it it can be um, as much as it's a cultural norm here to have your kid in kita. It can be. A very difficult experience to actually get a Kita spot. Uh, it yeah, is a process. Yeah, and how
0: was it? Because you had two experiences getting Kita mm-hmm. spots, right? We were lucky in terms of
1: we moved here in July 2015, which is a great month to move. That's perfect to Berlin because it's before the school year starts, which is in August. Yeah, a lot of parents, because it is so hard to find a Kita spot, they will apply to between one to a hundred kitas yeah and just send out the applications sometimes when they're
0: pregnant even yeah yeah yeah
1: and they will um so then they'll wait until they get the one that they want mm. and maybe they're accepted to a few and then they release the ones they've been accepted to yeah but they're don't hoarding
0: want. it's they they're hoarding the yeah. spots yeah
1: so but that means in august a lot of spots open up yeah that's true so we happened to find a kita in our neighborhood that had an open spot and that was the first one we went to wow. and we found it in a matter of a couple of days. Yeah,
0: and it's all hyped up. I mean, that's what you, you probably heard that before you came, right? Like, I... careful, you're not going to get a spot. Yeah. Watch out. Everybody's in such panic. I remember before kita year starts, that's the only thing anyone talks about. Like, who have you applied to? What lists are you on? How often do you call? Have you baked cookies and go? gone by like there are stories of like yeah that guy owns his own business and he went into akita and said do you need new chairs what do you need here i'll write you a check and then he gets a spot you've got to be famous to get a spot ah uh, that is so
1: annoying because
0: you think <laughs> yeah. uh it's germany would not be subject to that kind of corruption yeah uh yes. but you,
1: you know these are stories we've heard uh, but you know parents do have excel spreadsheets and there are consultants you can hire that will give you varying tiers of service whoa you know just excel spreadsheet or we're going to lead the process for you you can pay us and we will just take care of contact all the kitas until we got an appointment for you
0: oh my gosh of course though i mean it makes sense so, but you didn't use one, did you? I
1: did not, okay. no. You know, I could imagine in the U.S. and other countries around the world that there is this competition. I know there is this competition to get your child into the best uh, preschool if, because it leads to yeah. something else down the road. But that's
0: only done with money.
1: But it is... The thing is, it's a, it can be a free service here, but there's still a lot of competition. And But at the end of the day, I, I didn't feel like our Kita was a good fit. Actually, when I did enroll my son, I'm going to call him Bear, um, Mm. into that Kita, I just didn't have a good feeling in my gut, but I just did it because everybody said it's so hard to find a spot. Yeah. And after about two years there, I said, you know, I don't think this is working. And I heard of a free spot in a private bilingual Kita that -hmm. a friend referred me to. And so based on her referral... I got a spot
0: ah, Okay, so that was that also was a competitive spot still Even oh, yeah. though he was older
1: Oh yeah, ah, okay. he was about
0: four The rush to really get a spot is usually between the ages of one and two
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree but this was a, a private Kita yeah, okay. where there were about 15 kids oh, in the okay. class with like two to three teachers. Uh, in our particular situation, wow. it was um, a, a guy who played the guitar and then his very artsy partner teacher. And they were engaged to each other. So it was just like a love fest <laughs> of music and dance every day.
0: And, and they I were so- practicing for their own. like. <laughs> caravan family. They, they
1: were lovely. They were yeah. absolutely lovely. It just felt like being in a, a rock star bands family. Wow. And um, my son, I felt like was, was thriving there and he could speak in English. But I have to say, when you don't... Follow the system, it's always going to bite you a little bit. But how
0: didn't you follow?
1: So as what happened is that his German deproved. Okay, you mean because he wasn't in the the German system? Right, because we don't speak German at home. And so after that Kita, we put him back into a German regular school experience. It was kind of bilingual for him because his two best friends were also native English speakers. So he kind of did have a bilingual experience. And that was a little bit rough. Now at the end of the day, he's great, he he can totally speak fluently, but I felt like that hurt him a little bit, not having that kind of uh, push because Mm. um, you're graded uh, very early in life here in Germany and kind of rooted either on a college track or not. And so that can start early on and just be conscious of that.
0: I mean, from my own experience, I feel like I was also very pigeonholed from a young age. Yeah, just, I mean, that the expectation was from the very beginning that I would go to college and it was never, I mean, a lot of things in my life where I feel like it wasn't a decision. Did your KIDA teacher ever say what they think your child would do as a profession? I mean, they would make statements like, oh, your kid's going to have a hard time sitting still at school, which I think is an unfair thing to say in front of a kid the last days of Kida before the switch into school to try to say oh this is gonna be a hard thing for him and he's standing right there that was the kind of thing where I thought okay Mm. that's not really productive here
1: yeah I I think I don't know if that's supposed to be motivating or
0: not not. no Um, I think it was just kind of a hey enjoy these last few days while you have it (laughs) (laughs) but I don't think that's really appropriate for a five-year-old you know Uh, your it's childhood's gonna, coming to an end. Gosh, get <laughs> Maybe ready. Soon you're just gonna
1: be working. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. our our Kita teacher told me. She said, "I really believe your son will be an artist." Oh really? Which uh, I didn't see that so much. Yeah. He actually has taken an inclination to yeah. be into comics and yeah, drawing. he's awesome. But to me, that was pretty shocking to, I, to hear I that think, such a such a, such a strong young statement. I, about I could tell your right away this is what he's gonna do. And and to me, that was really shocking because when I grew up I mean look I had conservative parents but my dad had been raised by a single mother and he is a weird guy and he's weird in the most lovable ways smart engineer also got a very strange sense of humor but really he was such a daughter champion and Mm. he told me you can be whatever you want Michelle And I wanted to be the first woman president of the United States. That's what was my Halloween costume. (laughs) And he was so proud of that. He always encouraged me. But then, of course, it changed. Oh, I want to be an actress. Uh, I want to be a teacher. Like, so many things. I just feel like there was never any limit. Never any, And everything
0: was, yes. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Just experiment. Yeah, That can be helpful, but Ah. also
1: can be, in my case, I think, uh, with so much freedom and just my personality type, it... Took me a long time to actually choose a path, and I chose a path later in life.
0: Yeah, um, no, that is. I mean, that is interesting. I think I think that's interesting to note because the idea of imagination is not a positive thing here. Like when a German says, "Oh, du hast viel Fantasie." That would be how we would say you have a lot of imagination or you're very imaginative, but it's a totally different tone that kids hear that in. When we say it to our kids in the U.S., it's like, oh, wow, look, you're so imaginative. And here it's like, okay. Which I find so strange because Berlin is a hotbed for
1: art and creativity and it seems what it's known for internationally. And then to have people kind of poo-poo, you know, this kind of fantasy life of your child. Yeah. I I find that very
0: strange. But I think I think it feeds back into what you just said about that too much freedom is also really difficult to work with and to try to get kids to have a grounded reality from very early so that they can move around in their reality more. I think that's a very generous interpretation that I'm giving right now because I know a lot of people about Germany say they like their rules, they like their structure, which is also true. I think they like their bureaucracy because it keeps people in jobs. Oh my god, nobody likes bureaucracy. I hate it. And nobody, nobody likes it, but they're stuck to it. They don't know how to get out. Yeah, it's
1: I mean, when we talk about the process to get into keto, that's a whole nother it's kind of like I say, a really long international flight where you're in coach with crying children and people vomiting. Like it is just and then not you fun, start vomiting But oh you just God, have to really... get through it and it will end. And you will look back on it as like a funny story. Uh and but yeah. you can get through it. <laughs> Well, yeah. it, I just have to relate an experience. This yeah. wasn't in the Kita, but there's a place called Fetz here, which is mm. like this old East German. Uh, complex where families could go and recreate on the weekends. Yeah,
0: it's a free... Wait, what do you say in English? A free time? No.
1: Well, it's like a recreation center. Yeah, recreation center we say. So we went there and uh, it it had this big indoor area and they had what they called a time machine. So it was like this... You enter in, it was kind of like this maze with different rooms and each room represented a different period of time. Mm -hmm. And so the woman who led it Was really serious. I mean, this was a group of about 12, six to eight year olds. Yeah. And she just demanded attention the whole time to what she was saying. Oh, wow. And it was almost like this is fun, and you will have serious fun. Okay. But seriously, we're yeah. going to have fun. But be serious yeah. about it. Like, yeah. it, it just, Look it me in the eyes when
0: I tell you how fun <laughs> it is.
1: It, it wasn't like joyous fun. It was like, yeah. you must do this because we're having fun. If I was running it, I might have been like, ha, 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 a little <laughs> more letting the kids run around and mess around with stuff. Yeah. But that's just a different cultural expectation. And But I have to say, I've also taken my son to other things, really cool performances where... There were like acrobats jumping on a big pillow, and afterward, they invited all the yeah. kids to come down and jump on the stage, which was a big pillow. But I will generalize and say I, I have this sense that there is. Yeah, is there's fun. much more structure. Yeah, it's, 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 it's
0: there's a lot more structure, and I know too. You know, from my personality, I, I allow a lot more chaos in in my life and in my planning than. The Germans I know are comfortable with <laughs> that. It seems like uncontrolled and unplanned, but I always feel like, no, I, I mean, I can get it. I can rein it back in when I need to. And that's why it's okay mm-hmm. that it's, you know, going a little bit hectic right now and it's fun for everyone. But I can also understand that, you know, maybe maybe fun can also be seen as just, hey, we're all feeling safe. During this time. Not everyone can have fun if not everyone is feeling safe and knows where the limits are and is in within the limits the whole time. Here in
1: Germany, you have a bunch of different experiences. Yeah, um, There's a hugely hedonistic culture here in Berlin, and there's also a very by-the-book culture.
0: But what are some things that, you know, when you think back on your time in keto, because I mean, both of us, we left the Kida behind. What are some things that you still find surprising or confusing I mean one thing that I know that I found surprising is picking up my son from from keto one day when they were getting ready for snack time they have snack time after nap time before they go into the garden and he was I think three at the time and he was using a regular fruit knife to cut up apples and pears he's just like sitting at a table cutting with a knife and and it was interesting I, I saw that and I thought okay I, I did not know that was possible to put such a knife in a three-year-old's hand. And then I just started doing it at home, too. And they, they never put dangerous things out of reach of kids. You know, there were scissors around. There, mm-hmm. were, there were knives around. It was just, okay, these are knives. These are scissors. We don't play with them. You, you use them when you need to use them. But here are the safety rules. And it was always fine. And to this whole safety thing too, they actually invited somebody into the kita to do a fire safety program with the kids every year. Did they have that at your kita? All I remember was the toothbrush crocodile. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. There was, I don't remember okay. the fire
1: safety, but we got like a toothbrush to take home when they yeah. brought the person in with the crocodile puppet. Yeah. I will tell you what surprised me. Yeah. Herbal tea.
0: Oh, so yeah,
1: that's a good they one. They have the kids drink and brew herbal yeah, tea that's which true like I've fennel nev-
0: and anise yes and-,
1: and also water with bubbles we we call it here uh shpudavasa.
0: i have never yeah, seen carbonated, kids- water. carbonated yeah. water i've never yeah, seen yeah. kids
1: drink carbonated water yeah that's but true at my son's kita they would have these <laughs> burping hurt. contests and no. they loved it but he hated it he called it spark water he wouldn't drink it oh but i i i find these kind yeah. of culinary things. Yeah, that's really funny. And also, yeah? they, at my son's more fancy private kita, they would lay out these vegetable dishes and they had kohlrabi. Yeah, that's and right. And all the kids had. Yeah. To eat kohlrabi. He hated oh, kohlrabi. Oh, did hate it? So much. Oh my <laughs> gosh.
0: that's It surprised me how much kids love kohlrabi here in Germany. I didn't even know what kohlrabi was. Like, I had never heard of this in my life until I came here. And it's a snack for kids. It's a root vegetable. It looks like an apple. It tastes... Tastes like a kind of potato, dirty like a dirty, like potato a dirty celery. Celery. yeah. Like <laughs> it's weird. Uh, it ta- it definitely tastes like you just pulled it out of the ground. Yeah and, like, stuck your tongue in the hole. I mean, we're not hating on kohlrabi, but it's definitely a cultural difference. It's definitely a cultural difference. And uh, And kids love it. They just, like, snack on it. It's so
1: great that that these are the options that we're giving our kids. Ants on a log,
0: on the other hand, like, ants on a log are something that Germans do not know about. And if you try to tell them, like, celery and peanut butter, awesome combination, especially if you put raisins on it, they really (laughs) do not believe that. That's also another thing. (laughs) I never once said
1: don't put something in your son's lunchbox because of allergies not once yeah
0: that's a really good one that is
1: not a thing here I have never heard that but I feel like in the states it is very much part of
0: but yeah that's what I I noticed too you know when you when I offer uh, food to other kids I would always say like it has nuts and the parents would just look at me like okay what is this American's (laughs) deal with nuts like is this is she bragging that her food has nuts or like why why is she constantly talking about
1: Right, right, and we know this is very serious for some families, and oh, it, right, yeah, yeah um, <clears throat> not laughing. But it's it's just interesting that this yeah. hasn't come up so much here.
0: Just quickly back yeah. to the fire thing. They thought it was really important that kids knew how to light a match. Oh, before they left Kita. Wow. So they taught kids how to light matches and then use that lit match to light uh, tea lights, and then they got a certificate as a Feuerwache kind, which wow. means like a fire aware child and then of course the kids come home like this happened with both of my kids um, Nat, and then two years later with with Edgar, that, that they're very proud. They're like, "Give me a matchbook, because I'm gonna show you that I know how to light this." And you're like, "Oh God, this is a tiny child." Wow. Yeah, but then it's so cute because they. Prep- I mean, they really prepare it. They they take out like a metal sheet to lay under they look and there's no paper around they make sure that's all gone they take a a cup of water they bring the cup of water to the area so they can immediately put the struck match in that's fantastic we never (laughs) quite we we never got
1: the fire bug um or the knife bug really um no 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 uh what about sticks And rocks? Oh, yeah, definitely. Bear was definitely a stick and rock kid. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I grew up kind of in the woods,
0: so I didn't think that was uh, too odd. I was okay for you. That was a cultural surprise for me, where kids are chasing each other around with sticks and rocks while I went to pick up my kids. And it was just, you know, nobody was saying anything. Nobody was saying, hey, careful for their eyes or don't throw rocks at people's heads. I think there's a romance of the natural
1: woods and, and kind of things that you find in the woods yeah. that kids are encouraged to play with. Okay. I think there's definitely a romance here about that. Yeah. Everybody talks about getting your kids out in nature and building things out in nature. I mean, we would build ant houses out of sticks and rocks, uh, okay. and it was it was really fun. Uh, and you go in the woods here, and you'll come across these kind of wood... TP yeah, like these structures, structures yeah. that people will fashion out of... Big big branches and then little twigs that are all twisted around. Yeah, like twigs and
0: branches that they that they Mm -hmm. carry together that are really like twice as tall as a person. Mm -hmm. And then they lean them up against the tree, and then you have these little structures that they build. Mm -hmm. And it's like every kid in Germany knows how to build these structures. But if there were drizzles of
1: gray Berlin rainy wisdom that came down on you uh, about the overall experience of should you. Should you send your your kid kid to
0: to, to keto or to daycare? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think just no matter if it's a choice or not, there's some sort of pressure. You know, if the financial pressure isn't there, then the social pressure is. Yeah, I would say overall, I am a definitely put your kid in keto, but
1: go with your gut in terms of how you think your kid is doing, because it really is the luck of the draw in terms of who the kids in the class are, what the parent community is like, who the teachers are. And sometimes the first one you pick is the right fit and you're great and it's smooth sailing. Other times, just that constellation isn't working Mm -hmm. and you have options to switch. It may be a bit of a process, but overall getting to know the system here um, and as, as regimented and uniform as it is, look for the constellation that fits you. Yeah, as a single parent now, hmm. I need those days. I needed those days when he was kita just to just to recover, and also to think. You know, if if you need to switch careers or if you need to learn the language, this is a
0: perfect time for you to have free childcare. All right, so let's do a quick comparison for what it was like for us in our own childhoods. Versus the childhoods that we're providing for our own children. Did you go to daycare? I did not go to daycare, but I went to
1: half day preschool for like a couple years before I went into kindergarten.
0: And before you had kids, what were your thoughts about daycare? So let's say when I
1: was really young, Mm -hmm. due to my family upbringing, I thought I would be a stay-at-home mom. Uh Absolutely thought I would be and I thought I would have like four kids. Turned out totally differently. Uh, I am a career woman, I'm a single mother, and I had a child later in my life. So I think at that point, I just knew that's just gonna be what's gonna happen for us. Are you happy with your choice? I think that I will always feel sad about times we could have spent together. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, again, I really am glad that I live in a place where that is a right to me. Mm. And I have the right to to make healthy life decisions because I can go out and earn money for myself and I'm not dependent on someone else to make that happen and have to stay in a certain situation that might not be great. There's been rocky days, rocky roads, where I really wish I could just keep them home, keep both of us home. Yeah. But overall, it has turned out okay. Yeah. Would you... Do something differently. I would have been more choosy about the first kita that I put okay. bear into. I would have done more research. I would have
0: yeah, not let like this hype of oh no, scarcity, scarcity.
1: Right. I would have visited a few more places <laughs> yeah. and and really tried to get to know the parent community. How about you? Yeah. What, what would be your your thoughts on kita?
0: Yeah. If I uh, I think I was happy that I waited for. The two and a half years for my first son, for my second son, he was in... He had a totally different experience. We actually didn't talk about him at all, or I, I didn't talk about him at all. He had a great keto experience. It was completely oh. different because he, he was able to really bond with a group of friends. He was super happy to go. He loved it. But I think I'm, I'm happy with how it all went, and I would not do anything differently great surprisingly great (laughs) yeah all right yeah and so now uh, is the wrap-up where when we are big and famous we are (laughs) going to have we're gonna have sponsors here for you so you know if you are a if you're someone with a product get in touch yeah we have an instagram site it is also called yeah it it there. Yeah, and um, Michelle, I think we're going to put also a couple links for interesting information about ketos up on our Instagram. Yeah, our Instagram. tons of information about the process of applying for keto.
1: And um, there are many different ways you can go about it. And we'll put some links up for just that spells out the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, bricks and mortar for you. It is not something you need to hire uh, yeah. somebody to do for you, unless you are super busy and and have the money to outsource this. But it's something you can totally do yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll see you on Instagram and then also here next week for our next topic, and I'll see you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>